Good morning. It's so good to see everyone. My name is Ricardo, one of the elders here, and I have the honor, I have the privilege once again of bringing God's word to you guys this Sunday. And we're excited. We're, our time, like I said last week, is coming to an end in the book of Ephesians. And, and as we close it out, we finished this last section with um, the armor of God, and we realized over the past six weeks of, of what Paul is telling us we have to put on in order for us to succeed, in order for us to fight and stand against the schemes of the devil. So we look at the past, we took six weeks to look at each piece of the armor, and today we're not necessarily looking at a piece of the armor. What we are looking at is, is that we are to have the armor on prayerfully. It's just as important. It may not be one of the pieces of the armor, but what we'll see in our scripture today is that prayer is essential for the armor to be effective in our life, for the armor to be able to we use it appropriately as we stand against the schemes of the enemy, we must remain in prayer. So like I said, we're going to be closing this section out with just focusing on prayer. And I, like I said, I don't think this is a piece of the armor. I mean, if you look at the rest of Ephesians 6, where, where Paul's talking about the armor of God, he kind of, he has a certain writing style. Where he says the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And you don't really don't see that here in verses 18 through 20. He just simply says praying at all times. So Paul is saying what he's trying to get at is that prayer has to be a part of the, our life. In order for the armor to be effective, we have to remain in prayer. This idea of remaining plugged in to God. I remember seeing a picture on the internet several years ago, and if it's of two brothers playing a video game together, and they're in front of the TV, and they're looking intently as they're playing video games, and it's an older brother and a younger brother, and, and it's obviously looking at the picture, and they're playing. And if you zoom in, you can see that the younger brother who has the remote in his hands, his remote's not connected to the console. He's playing, he's focused, he's trying to defeat his brother in this game, but his remote is not connected. And it's just, it's a, to me, it just symbolizes that if we're not connected, if we're not remaining in prayer, we're not remaining plugged in to God in prayer, then it does not matter what type of armor we have on. It's not going to be effective in our fight against the enemy. Ian Dugut says this, prayer is not so much of another weapon that the Christian has been given as it is a means by which all of his or her weaponry is kept effective under the control and guidance of God. If we are to be effective in this struggle, in this fight against temptation, in this fight against the enemy, then we must remain in prayer. It's not something that we just do. It's a part of our life. Kyle Klein Snodgrass says, Neither prayer nor being alert is optional for believers. By definition, to be Christ's soldier is to pray and keep alert. If we're going to fight, if we're going to deal blows to the enemy, as we talked about last week, we must remain in prayer. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's something that the church has forgotten, that we don't do as often. We forget the importance of prayer in our life. And it's arguably perhaps one of the most important aspects of our life is to remain in prayer. So we choose not to. We're either afraid of the answer that God is going to give us, or we don't realize that our prayers actually do have power. So we don't pray. The only time we pray is when we're at church. The only time we pray is when we gather with other believers or when we're at the dinner table. But in our own lives, in our own personal lives, we don't have an active prayer life. And we see here what Paul is telling us, that we have to remain in prayer. And that's what we're going to be talking about is, is why, it's how. Well, how do we remain in prayer? What do we need to be doing in our prayer life? 
And so the main idea, if I have to give you guys just one sentence, it's short and sweet this week. Christians are to remain in prayer constantly because Satan is constantly attacking us. Christians are to remain in constant prayer because we are in constant battle with Satan. If we're not remaining in prayer, we're setting ourselves up for failure in our battle. And so we are to be praying continuously. And we see here in verses 18, really, Paul gives us five instructions on what we have to do in our prayer lives. So I'm going to read again, verses 18 through 20. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne, Father, and we realize that you are the creator of the earth, Father, that you've blessed us with with everything that we see, everything that we have in our lives. It's in our lives because of who you are, Father. You breathe and the nations comes, Father God. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that, that without you, We cannot possibly win this battle we're in. That we need you, Father. We need you to remain, to stand firm, to speak boldly, Father. Be with us today, Heavenly Father. As we open up your word, as we spend the next several moments listening to your word preached, Father. Be with us. Convict us. Chisel away any errors in our lives. May we leave today more committed to you, more committed to prayer, because that is what your word commands of us, Father. Bless this time together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be edifying to this congregation. In your name we pray. Amen. As I said, we're going to be looking at five points on what Paul calls calls us to be in prayer. First one is simple. We are to be in prayer at all times. That's how he starts verse 18. Praying at all times. This idea that we, we are to be devoted to prayer. This isn't pray sometimes, pray every morning or pray every night. It's praying at all times. In other words, it's, it's being devoted. It's this here what we have in, in um, Ephesians 6, 18 through 20 resembles. It's very similar to what we see Paul says in Colossians 4, 2 to 3. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Or as the NIV says, devote yourselves to prayer. And that's the attitude we are supposed to have is we are, to, we are supposed to remain in prayer constantly. We are to devote ourselves. We are to be praying at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice, pray without ceasing, give thanks in him in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We are to be praying. We are to remain prayerful, praying at all times, keeping alert, as he says later on in verse 18. Persevere in prayer. Why? Why are we supposed to be praying at all times? Why are we supposed to have an active prayer life? Because what we see in verse 12 here in Ephesians 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We remain in prayer because we are in spiritual battle. We must not lie to ourselves. The enemy is seeking to destroy us. He's on the prowl, as it says in um, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We must remain in prayer because the devil is on the attack. 
If we don't have an active prayer life, it does not matter the type of armor you have on. You are setting yourself for failure because it's not going to be effective if we're not in prayer. Harold Horner writes, keep praying and watching because the attack is imminent. The schemes are cunning and God's power and insight are needed. We remain in prayer because in prayer is when we receive the power of God to stand firm, to fight, where he gives us strength to keep going. If we're going to fight properly, we need to be in prayer. As I said earlier, as I said earlier, the armor of God will not be effective in our lives if we are not in prayer. So if you have the armor of God, if you're donning, if you're putting on the armor of God, then you better be in prayer. If we're honest with ourselves, this isn't true. So we have to devote our lives back to prayer. It has to be something that we're constantly seeking out, that we're being proactive, that we're making time for, that we don't just lie ourselves, we'll pray when this happens, we'll pray in the morning, but then you wake up, something happens, and the first thing to go is our prayer life. We must be praying at all times. This doesn't mean that you, your prayer life has to look the same way always. It doesn't mean that you have to set aside a certain amount of time each day to remain in prayer. It just says pray Pray at all times. The second point here is our prayers, they should be looking different. They should vary from informed. We don't always have to come before the Lord, get down on our knees, and spend 30 minutes in prayer. And if we don't have 30 minutes, then we're saying, no, I'm not going to pray this morning. We are to pray. It says here, it says prayer with all prayer and supplication. Right? This, this is generic form of prayer. It's all types of prayer, all kinds of prayer, depending on the translation you have here. It says, pray, remain in prayer with all kinds of prayer and supplication. This is the idea that we, our prayers are to look differently, depending on where we're at in life, what we're doing that day, what we're coming across. Your prayers will look differently. And that's okay. Sometimes we get into this mindset that we have our prayer has to look a certain way all the times and really our prayer becomes a show before God and that's not the point where you're not to put on a show we're just to be praying it means you can pray publicly here in church you can pray privately in your own life you can pray silently or you can pray out loud the point is just pray you can set times aside or you can be driving along in your car and all of a sudden the spirit puts something on your heart or puts someone in your heart and you just say a quick prayer in your car. You don't close your eyes while you're driving, but you do say a prayer. Right? You can be standing, you can be kneeling, you can be on the floor, you can be sitting, you can have your hands folded, your arms crossed, your arms in the air, it does not matter. You just need to be praying. Sometimes we use prayer books. It's okay if you have a copy of the Valley of Visions and that's what you're using. It's okay to have a copy of Book of Reformer prayers or, or prayer of the scriptures. You look at the prayer that Jesus says or, or prayers throughout the scriptures. It's okay to use that in your prayer life. Your prayers don't have to be long. If you're to remain in prayer at all times, sometimes a quick five-second prayer about your loved one or about your kid or about a circumstance you're dealing at work, it's okay. We get into this lie that our prayers have to look a certain way, and that's simple not that's simply not true. Sometimes I just you can just look at creation, look at the skies, look at the trees, and be in awe of who God is. And so just stop and say a simple prayer of how great our creator is in creating all that we see. We don't have to be so rigid in our prayers, we just have to remain in prayer. 
Sometimes we do we just need to be have say a prayer of confession. We may be sinning in your life or or you may have done something and you just need to pray a quick prayer of confession and repent before God. The point here is that it's all kinds of prayer. We're not to just pray a certain way. We're just to call to remain in prayer. It's not a show. It's for our own good. It's not for what other people think of us. That is what we mean by remaining in prayer, all prayers and supplications. Third, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Right? So first, what does that mean? It does not mean that we ought to be praying in tongues. That's not what Paul is saying here. That's not what the Scripture says. We, not everyone had that gift of tongues. Here, we believe that those gifts have ceased. They're not for the church today. doesn't mean that God doesn't use it, just it's not a gift for the church today. Well, so we don't. And we realize also, if we look at the scriptures, that not everyone back then had the gift of speaking in tongues. So how can Paul make this, uh, this desire of everyone, say, to keep praying at all times in the spirit when not everyone was able to pray in tongues? So that's not what he's saying here. Simply, we are to rely on God. We are to rely on the spirit in our prayers. We are to come before God and ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for ourselves. Sometimes we don't have the words. We don't know what to say. And we just say, spirit, just God, you know my heart. Speak, God. You know what I'm dealing with, God. One commentator says this, to pray in the spirit is to pray in the name of Christ, to pray consistent with his nature and will. To pray in the spirit is to pray in concert with the spirit. It's to live a life that is in worship of God the Father, the worship of our King, the worship of our Lord and Savior. And if you're remaining in him, then you will be praying in the spirit, pray in concert with the spirit. To pray in the Spirit means that we are praying in faith, that we understand what the work of Christ has done for us, and we remind ourselves of that, and that's what we're praying in. We're praying in faith. We're praying because of what Christ did on the cross, and that's what we stand on. We ask guidance from the Spirit. Sometimes we don't have the words to say. We're too upset. We're too angry. We're too hurt. And we can't even muster up words and, and you start praying and you just you can't find the words and you start just just making sounds. And I'm saying that's OK. We see this here in Romans 8, 26 to 27. Paul writes, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we pray in concert with the Spirit. Sometimes we don't even have to say words. We just ask the Spirit to guide us in our prayer or speak on our behalf, and he will. Another way to remain or pray in the Spirit is to allow the Scriptures to shape your life. As we talked about last week, that the Holy Spirit is the author of the written word of God, and he's the giver of the written word of God. And if we're in the word of God, if we're immersed in it, and it's, we're allowing it to transform our, our lives, then the scriptures will come out in our prayer life. Sometimes you, you don't even know what to pray, so you just open up the scriptures, and you just pray the scriptures. You look at things, and, and it comes, and so you're praying prayerfully with the scriptures in mind. If it's on your heart, if God's word is written in your life, it's bound to come out throughout your life. It's bound to come out in your prayers. 
So that's what Paul is trying to say here when he says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And he goes on, to that end, or, or with this in view, as the NASB says, or, or with this in mind, keep alert with all perseverance. What does he mean to keep alert? It's that we understand that the enemy is coming to attack, and so we stand our grounds. We're on guard. We're, we're in that ready position. This kind of reflects what, what Jesus says in Luke 21, 34 through 36. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And the day may come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that you are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. To keep alert is to understand that the enemy is on the prowl, that he's seeking to destroy us. He's seeking to attack us, and we understand that, and so we stay in the ready position with the armor of God by staying in prayer. And so you're on alert. He says to keep alert with all perseverance. To persevere is to do something no matter how hard it gets. No matter how difficult the task may be, you don't stop doing that. So we pray with all perseverance. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter how hurt you may be or how things aren't going your way, you remain in prayer because we're called to persevere in prayer. It's to be devoted, as Harry Horner says, to be devoted or dedicated to someone or some task. What does it mean to, to remain in prayer and with all perseverance? That we don't stop, that we pray with a certain zeal. We all have things in our lives that we love to do. We all have hobbies and those things that we spend so much time doing. And you do those things with a certain type of zeal in your life, with a certain type of attitude, and you don't stop. And no matter how difficult it may get, you keep pushing through because you, you, you're devoted to that task. That's the mindset that we have here, to be prayer with all perseverance, to keep alert and pray with all perseverance, that no matter how difficult, that you keep praying because prayer is powerful. Frank Thielman says, Paul urges believers to give themselves over to prayer with the kind of enthusiasm and zeal normally associated with the committed practice of a craft or trade, that thing you love doing, that thing you're devoted to. Take that and devote yourselves to prayer because it's through prayer that we will defeat, we will persevere in all things. Prayer should be like, like, like breathing for the Christian. John MacArthur in his commentary writes, Prayer is the very spiritual air that the soldier of Christ breathes. So we are to, to defeat the enemy. We are to stand strong. As we're donning the armor of God, we must remain in prayer. The last thing that Paul says here, he says, With all prayer and supplication. With all prayer and supplication. The last point is, if we're, for, we are to pray for other Christians. We are to pray for our brothers and sisters. We are to pray for other believers. 
If we are going to succeed, if we are going to grow spiritually as a church, we must be praying for one another. We must lift each other up in prayer if we are going to grow as a church. If we're going to grow spiritually as individuals, we must be praying for one another. There are areas where in the scripture where Paul calls us to pray for unbelievers, where Paul calls us to pray for the government authorities. But he also hears saying, pray for one another. Pray for all the saints, not those who you like, those who you agree with, but everyone, everyone in here, we should be praying for one another. You're doing your brothers and sisters a disservice if you're not praying for them. You're doing your leaders a disservice if you're not praying for them. No one is above the need of prayer. I'm not. Pastor West not. The elders are not. We all need prayer. So we must be praying for one another. Because we understand that, that it's only believers who are under the attack. We're the only ones who are fighting, only ones who, who try to stand and withstand the attacks of the enemies. We know the rest of the world isn't. We know that the rest of the world succumbs to the way of, of, of the evil, but we don't. So we must be praying because we are in battle. And we must lift each other up. We must be thinking of one another and praying for one another, making sure that we are covering each other in prayer. One commentator writes, The greatest thing we can do for another believer or that he can do for us is to pray. That is the way the body of Christ grows spiritually as well as in love. If we are to grow in love for one another, if we are to grow in, in, in spirit with one another spiritually, then we must be praying for one another. And like I said, if we're not doing that, then we're doing one another a disservice. We're not lifting up each other. We're not living this Christian life in community if we're not praying for one another. We have to remain in prayer. No one is above prayer. So he says, pray for all the saints. He says, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Certain things here I want to just look at. As Paul says, pray for me. He includes himself in this. He's not putting himself above the need of prayer. He's being honest with them. He's being vulnerable with them. He says, pray for me. Pray that I may proclaim the mystery of the gospel boldly. If we know our Bibles, if we've looked at the life of Paul, we understand that really being bold for the gospel was not an issue that he had. That he went and wherever he needed to go to preach the gospel, no matter what was happening to him, no matter the attack that was coming, no matter the physical harm being done to him, he proclaimed the gospel boldly. But he also understands that he is a weak man in his humanity, that without God, he is nothing. So he's saying, pray, pray that I remain bonus, pray that I have courage to proclaim the gospel, to preach the gospel. He's a, we understand here that Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison and his greatest concern was the gospel. And his greatest fear is not proclaiming the gospel when he needed to. He understood the gravity of the situation. He understood where he's going to be standing before the emperor. And he's saying, pray for me. Pray that at that moment I have the courage. Pray that I have the bonus. He's being very honest and vulnerable with them. Paul spent three years doing ministry in Ephesus, living life with them, preaching the gospel to them, encouraging them, helping them grow. And they probably have this high view of Paul, and he's saying, 
I need your prayers. I need to remain bold and preach the gospel. He's saying, I'm weak just like you guys, and I need you to be praying for me. No one is above prayer. We must be honest. We must be praying for one another because that is the only way we will grow spiritually as a church. That's the only way we'll grow in love for one another is if we're praying for one another. And so this has to look a certain way. It means that we are living in community with one another. That we not only rely on God, but we rely on our brothers and sisters who are sitting next to us to pray for us, to lift us up in prayer, to intercede on our behalf. So what does that mean? It means we have to be talking to one another. We have to be in community. We have to share our struggles with one another and ask for prayer. We have to be honest with one another. If we want people praying for us, we have to let them know what we need prayer for. Sometimes we have to have conversations. We have to be honest. And if someone comes to you saying, I need prayer for this, pray for them. If you don't have the time right then to stop, write their name down, make a reminder, but make sure you're praying for them. If someone is asking for prayer, pray for them. They're being honest with you. They're saying, I need you to pray for me. I need your help. Please intercede on my behalf. So we better be doing that if someone's asking us to pray for them. Sometimes that means we have to have hard conversations. We have to be honest. We have to be vulnerable with one another. Sometimes that means we confront one another in love, according to the way that we see Matthew 18. But if we have an issue with someone, we go to them and we talk it out as mature believers and we pray with one another. This means also that we must extend grace to one another because we understand that the Lord, we understand the grace that has been given to us in return. We must extend that same grace to those who we are in community with. We have to be plugged into one another. We have to remain in prayer with one another. We have to be lifting each other up in prayer. If we are going to succeed, if we are going to grow as a church spiritually, we must be praying for one another. It's our desire here that that you guys are doing that. You guys are praying for one another. You remember the people you see. You're doing life. You're talking, not just here on Sundays, but perhaps throughout the week, and you're lifting one another in prayer. That is why we have Bible studies here. That is why we have fellowship groups here. That is why we want to bring back small groups so that we can be praying for one another, being in community, lifting each other up in prayer, understanding that we are all battling this fight against the evil one, against the cosmic powers and the darkness in this present age, and we must, we must remain in prayer. So in closing, first I want to talk to the unbeliever who may be here or who may be listening. Understand this, and really for everyone, there is power in prayer. Because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, our prayers have power. God hears our prayers. We know that because that's what the scriptures tells us. Psalms 34, 17 says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. James 5, 16, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So we understand that God hears the prayer of his children, but at the same time, he does not hear or he turns from the prayer of the wickedness. 
Proverbs 15, 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. John 9, 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. So it's not, not that God is not capable of hearing the prayers of the wicked. It's just that their sin is getting in the way. We see this in Isaiah 59, 1-2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, as he does not hear. God does not hear the prayer of the wicked because of their wickedness. But there is one prayer that God does hear. That is the prayer of repentance. That is when we come to understand who God is and the work of his son on the cross, that he took our sins, bore it on his shoulders, and now we believe, we put our trust in that. And if we pray that prayer of repentance, if we pray that prayer of faith, God will hear us. We see evidence of that in the scriptures, right? In 1 Kings 21, where, where King Ahab, the wicked King Ahab, he's receiving the judgment. He understands what they're telling him, that the words, upon hearing the words of judgment that God has for him, he repents in sackcloth. And so the Lord sees his prayer, sees his repentance, and declares that he will not cast judgment on King Ahab anymore, that that will fall to his sons. Or we see it also in Jonah 3, when the king of Nineveh heard the words of the prophet, understood the judgment of the Lord, and he and the people repented, and God relented, as it says in, in, in Jonah. So God hears the prayer of repentance. He hears the prayer when the wicked turn to him and understand that they need him. They understand that the work of Christ covers them and that they longer they can have peace with a holy and perfect and righteous God as long as they repent and understand that the Christ of work is now their righteousness. It's not their own doing, but it's Christ's work being imputed onto them. So that's the Lord. That's the prayer that the Lord hears. So that's what we want to extend to you guys. Understand that the work of Christ on the cross, his atoning work covers your shortcomings, covers your sins. And it's now because of his work that we're able to stand before a perfect and holy God and he hears our prayers. So turn from your sin, turn from your wickedness and trust. Put your trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now to the believer, it's simple. Pray. Remain in prayer. As I read earlier, prayer is the very spiritual air that the soldier of Christ breathes. It is the all-pervasive strategy in which warfare is fought. So we must remain in prayer. If I have any set of advice, if you're struggling with prayer in your life, then set a time and place to pray. Set a reminder on your phone that when you get into the car on your commute to work, that you pray instead of listening to a podcast, instead of listening to music or the radio. Pray then. But set a time and set a place to prayer and get into that. I'm not trying to be legalistic here, but we understand that there is power in prayer and a Christian must remain in prayer. And if we're struggling with that, then set a time and a place. Make sure you have it on your schedule to pray. Because we do. We put so many things above prayer. We must remain connected to God. We must remain in prayer for our own selves, and we must remain in prayer for our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
If we are going to succeed, if we are going to grow as a church spiritually, we must be praying for one another. And if not, we're doing each other a disservice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of your son on the cross and understand that, that without your love, without your mercy and grace, we wouldn't even have the faith that we have. Lord, we need to trust in you more. We need to put, we need to rely on your word, Father God, that when we grow weak, we lean on you, we push on you, Father God, and we, and we go to your word, we go to you in prayer, and we ask that you help us, that you guide us, that you give us strength, because you give strength to the weak, that we may soar on wings like eagles, as your word says in Isaiah 40, Father. May we learn to put our trust in you. And may we learn to just remain in prayer, Father. Keep us today, Father, as we go about the rest of this day. May we honor you. May we worship you the rest of this Lord's day. Spending time in your word. Spending time praying. Spending time with family. Talking about, speaking of the things of God. May you be the focus of our day this Lord's day. Keep us safe in our travels. May we remain in your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Before we sing together.